0: Welcome to the Good Business Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you create not just a business that has great profit, but also a business that is kind to people and the planet. Hi, my name is Chris Edwards. I am an award-winning entrepreneur, and you may know me if you're in Asia with my first business, which is called Honeycombers. Honeycombs is a digital lifestyle media guide to Singapore, Hong Kong, and Bali. And we're now in our 15th year of operation and have over a million readers each month. Or maybe you know me from Launchpad, which is a community of conscious entrepreneurs that I founded almost two years ago. Launchpad has about 600 members across 11 countries. And yes, so I have two jobs, but let's talk about this podcast and good business. In this episode, we chat with the delightful founder, Tali Goldman, who founded a business and a social enterprise called Market for Good. Market for Good is the first marketplace for sustainable impact, and it supports 10 of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Market for Good allows companies like Johnson & Johnson and Citibank, who are both customers, buy products on this marketplace that, for example, like corporate gifts, And that allows them to implement their CSR goals in a measurable way. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Tali. So lovely to have you on the pod. I'm really looking forward to today's chat. Thank you. I'm looking forward as well. Awesome. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Yeah, I, I wonder if you can just share your journey. You've had a number of businesses before Market for Good but yeah, maybe you can just share how did you end up doing what you're doing? I started in the beginning
1: to uh, I wanted to help other mothers, working mothers to have the flexibility they needed and to have both in life to be successful in their career and present mothers. And this is where I started. Then uh, I was recognized by the Singapore government as a social enterprise. And they asked me to help another 48 charities in Singapore. We're talking about close to 50,000 people. They asked me if I can help all of them to have sustainable livelihood. So uh, it was, of course, single mothers, uh, low income families, people with physical disabilities, mental disabilities, families with children uh, with different kinds of needs, ex offenders families. Uh, and this where my start, my journey started to scan the impact that we are doing Mm -hmm. Uh, when I understood that uh, there is no way to help so many people other than created a platform that's called market for good. So to give visibility to many thousands of uh, people creating a fishing rod for them. So they have visibility, they can send the product and services to MNCs, large corporates. And by doing so, we empower them. We're actually helping them to help themselves.
0: And so maybe taking a step back for our listeners that don't really understand how Market for Good works, can you just explain the concept? Market for Good is a marketplace as any other marketplace,
1: but all the products on Market for Good, what make it very special, that every product on Market for Good creates an impact, either on people or on the environment. And what we do special in Market for Good is that we created our own quantification model. When we quantify social and environmental impact, we created this yin and yang when we all wanted to think one to 10 and we wanted to help to give transparent data when people when, and companies when they choose products and services, so they can understand how social the product is, how environmental it is. And of course, giving a lot of transparent data for the people that wants to read exactly how we go to this number. We show who is behind it, pictures and videos, and the stories behind it. Because people, we all eventually connect to stories and it's under our responsibility as individuals and of course companies to align our procurement with our values and for companies to align the procurement where their sustainability goals. And this is how we help them to do so.
0: And I suppose being a marketplace your job is twofold it's to find the products that have the impact stories and and the good ethics and and you know products that are I suppose it's just impact really that's going to have a positive impact but then also you have to find the buyers so I imagine you're also out there presenting market for good to corporations for them to use it for their supply chain choices is that right? Yeah, I, w- I was, um, I'm laughing or smiling because the challenges is endless. It's not only finding the product
1: and the clients. It's creating an IT system. It's uh, creating our own a model to how actually quantify social impact. How do you actually give a number that's something that is so abstract, but it's so important yeah. to do so because only then we can understand how product, how much, how positive is it on people. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of research that we put in IT and, and even now it, it never stops. So today we have the marketplace and we have the quantification, but the next step for us is we understood that collecting the data and verifying the data uh, needs to be done better on a AI based and machine learning model, because it will be much easier for all our vendors globally to. To give us the data otherwise it, it takes a lot of time from them and especially it's very hard when yeah. we're talking about charities and not-for-profits and environmental organization so the challenges never end and because you always want to scale and
0: grow how do you face that constant challenge like how do you not get overwhelmed by the constant challenges
1: that's the you take it one step at a time I'm very, very blessed to have uh, so many people in the advisory board and an amazing team. Wow. I'm never alone. I'm really, really never alone. There's so many there that loves what we're doing and wants to be part of it and, and, and share the knowledge and contacts and and even investment uh, to market for good. It's amazing, you know, and I already have four investments and all of them came from my advisory board and my team that came and say, can we invest? They so believe and so connected what we're doing and wants to see it continue growing. So there's always challenges, but there is a lot of blessing. And my view is that where we have the challenges, this is why we grow. So I'm not afraid of the challenges. I'm just, um, they are blessed because they always teach me and ask how to grow and how to do better. So of course it's not fun. And many times it's very hard, but it's really where we grow the most.
0: Mm. So that's interesting that your funding has come from your advisors and your team. So what's the makeup? How much funding have you gotten from? And when you say team, are they co-founders or are they employees? Or I'm interested.
1: It's really interesting, but they're all employees and somebody from my advisory board. And I didn't start yet to, you know, go through, you know, large investors offices and. Uh, they're all in. Um, we actually have more than a quarter of a million US dollar investment into market for goods that people that came to me. Oh, and so that's is there uh, one, amazing. my head of operation. It's amazing. It's it sure I'm saying so, it's such a blessing that says, um, Since I joined you, my life changed and I want to be part of it. And she came with her father and her brother, and all the three of them with an investment. And my CTO that says, oh, I so believe in what you're doing. And I have some money is going to be released. Can I put investment? I am more than happy. So this is how it happens. So of course, it's not, that, don't think that I'm sitting and everything comes to me. I work very hard. I really work hard. I put all my heart and soul and time into what I'm doing. Cause I really believe that our highest purpose in life is to help others. And i I feel very blessed that I'm fulfilling my mission in the idea of helping others, but uh, you know, things the universe is very generous and people are very generous and
0: coming and helping and and being part of it. And tell me how did you come up with the idea of market for good? Like was there an, a moment where you were like, this is missing and this is what we need? Like how did how did you join the dots?
1: It's amazing how it happened. I was um, so because I'm recognized by the Singapore government as a social enterprise, a few years back, I think four or five years back, about four I was sitting with a, a, a mentor, so they actually uh, subsidize a mentor. And back then, it's where they they come and say, "Would you like to help this?" Uh, it calls Project Help. it put under one umbrella for the charities. And I was sitting there, and I was like thinking, "Should I?" Yeah, I really. I'm so honored that they believe I can do it, but it's a bit scary as well because you know. Uh, so many people are, you can influence them and make difference in their life and you need to do it well. So I was sitting there and he took him so honest told me, I don't think you should take it. He said, what happened if you failed? And this is when I understood there is no failing here. There is only success. You cannot fail because there is nothing. So whatever you do, we just will do better. And all of a sudden it just came to me I understood, yes, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. And I understood that I actually need to create a model to it because you cannot, back then I was already selling innovative gift solution to MNCs. And I said, okay, I have the connection, but when you meet one on one people, how can you, you know, share so many, so many details and so many products. And I said, okay, I need to create a system to it and I need to give all of them a stage, you know, I, to really scale impact, the only solution is to bring it to all. IT and code the solution, and this is what we did. And I'm, I have master in system engineering, so I'm coming from this area of the uh, information system, so I knew that this is the solution.
0: And you've got corporations like Johnson & Johnson and Citibank as customers for Market for Good. I mean, they're pretty significant names. How did you get in the door and get them to consider Market for Good? Like, was it hard to get their attention?
1: Okay, Johnson & Johnson, I was nominated in one of these as the Social Enterprise of the Year. I don't remember, it was 2019 or, yeah, and I was invited to the Istana, which is the president's house. During this event, there was the, somebody from Johnson Johnson that represented Johnson Johnson in the hand. And one of my colleagues came and talked to her. Uh, They just extended business card and since since then uh, and during the pandemic, there was one of our core clients that were really, really helping us because they were purchasing and we did with them and PayPal during the pandemic was one of the really amazing projects that we did because, you know, but then everything was closed down and we didn't have market for it. So we had the idea and we started to work on it, but it takes time. And with Johnson Johnson, we had an amazing project. We, in, in two weeks, we built a, a B2C, you know, just a, a shop, like an a, a platform And the employees bought on the shop product. It was a Mother's Day, um, another holiday in Singapore. And this one, one of the ladies that... So we we just upload product of beneficiaries in Singapore. And one of them was a, a lady that... Uh, She managed to sold three bags during the pandemics on this platform to Johnson & Johnson. And remember, everything was closed. And she came and she handed me those bags. And she was so proud and happy. She's a mother to three children. And she said, it's my only income now because the market that I used to sell, the product that I handmade are closed now. And she touched my heart so much, to be honest, that I knew that market for good I do everything possible uh, to make it happen. And I think that this is the, what our clients feel from us, the dedication. So it wasn't hard to have Johnson & Johnson on Citibank and many, many others as part of the uh, market for good, because we are very transparent in who is doing, what's the impact, every product that we do come with the certificate of impact with the story, the image behind it. So. Every, and, and to be honest, in the base of every one of us, we want to do good. And if we can choose and, and just, you know, because they have this budget, the procurement budget, so they just shift it into impact. They feel good. We mm. are happy create an impact. So it's like a win-win situation.
0: Mm. It is a win-win situation, isn't it? Because they've got to spend the money anyway, right? So, yeah, why not do it in a way that can have a positive impact?
1: It sounds very easy. It's sometimes
0: easy as it, it sounds, but
1: sometimes because we are a bit more expensive because it's handmade, they come and it's not an easy sell always because sometimes mm-hmm. they do. And, and sometimes they really, uh, I feel uncomfortable when sometimes companies don't walk the talk. They talk about impact, but then they, you, you go and see what corporate gifts they bought and what they do for the new employees. And you see that they bought products that have no impact that are the cheapest one, I know where they bought it. And I think to myself, maybe we can buy a little bit less, it's major to the universe and let's create impact with the money. So it's not always easy because the uh, people many times like to impress on, they want to put in the sandbox, uh, five items instead of three. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, sometimes it's even painful of it. You know, when you say, oh, this is what they choose instead of us. They don't really, and, and you work, you. You read their sustainability reporting and even investment that they put, but on the small choices, not always they choose what I believe is the best choice.
0: Mm, so you're still seeing a lot of greenwashing.
1: Of course, there's a lot of greenwashing, and it's less and less because um, you know the carbon credits and this area that was not systemized enough. They, I call it a bit social washing. I feel that sometimes companies want to do something. They go with the employees to, um, I don't know, paint the wall or do something, which is nice. It's beautiful, but you really need to walk the talk. When you have procurement power, you can, you should utilize it to empower. The, co- the corporate gifting market worldwide is a trillion dollar market, trillion, one-third in the US, one-third in, one in Asia. The, uh, when you look at, the um, at hotel industry, when you look at the, uh, um, only for, you know, the, for the rooms, when you look at the shampoo and those products, it's another $50 billion market. How do you actually take this enormous budget and create an impact? If we can take one, hopefully 10% of it to create an impact. How many people worldwide can we really? empower for the long term. This is an enormous change that the industry can make just by choosing better.
0: Yeah, that's enormous numbers. I haven't yeah. worked in corporate for a very long time. I actually didn't even realize that corporate gifting was still a massive thing, to be honest. I mean, definitely in small business land, you. Do, I'm sorry to say you don't get a gift when you join Honeycombers. It's like you get a laptop, <laughs> but there's no corporate gifting. And You know, I just feel like I've not seen a corporate gift that I've thought is something that I'd want to give either. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's changed since I was in the corporate world. We met when you were a finalist for the Launchpad Pitch Festival. Can you share with us the value for you to be involved in festivals and pitch events like that? I believe that visibility
1: is one of the key components for success of the company. And um, so for me there, I managed to uh, find another uh, co-founder or founders that are doing the same. So uploading more uh, product that create an impact. One of the 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 judges was actually we're looking at how we can uh, partner in a way that, uh, you know, both our companies have these synergies. So what I advise here is always go and be there. Uh, I always go and talk in any time that I've been you know, invited to share my knowledge and expertise in any way I can. And as you can hear, English is not my mother tongue. Um, It's not that I always enjoy to be on stages, but I do it because I believe it's the right thing to do. In the Singapore Fantastic Festival, I was invited to talk at the founder's pick, which is like a TED talk. It's 10 minutes that you need to share. And I've shared about my learnings and the progress. And the last thing that I said there is that in her book, uh, Regrets of the Dying, Bonnie "Burning," Ware, shows that the number one regrets of people in the deathbed is that they were not true to themselves. I don't want to live a life when I am not true to myself. And I don't want to regret uh, not uh, putting myself, back then it was in front of the audience and doing this uh, kind of a tattoo And it's always people regret some things they didn't do, not what they do. And there's nothing like it's not, there's nothing like the word mistake is not correct. It's always a learning process. We never do mistakes. We are always in learning. The only mistake we do do is only if we, if we are afraid and hold ourselves back.
0: I love that. I love that. And yeah, it's, it, it is interesting that reflection on what, what people on their deathbeds have regrets about, right? Because life is, shorter than what we all expect you know we only get one one shot i believe and you know i'm sitting here middle aged and it's feeling like it's going really quickly so yeah i love that Hi, charlie it's a really good message yeah.
1: i i met her the other day a person that then um, actually if I, i'm going to bring her to part of my oh, team yeah. or at least my advisory board when she shared with me and i think that's family gathering her family gathering She was sitting next to the grandfather of her husband. Uh, And she said that he told her, eh, it was many years back, that um, he, back then, who was in a nursery home. And he told her, you know, through my life, I started with one, eh, they had a shoe shop, and then it became like 200 shops. And they grew up very nice, and he said, nothing is important today. I didn't have anyone. I just sold shoes. So her message to her when she was in her 20s, like, do something that is really meaningful, not for the nine one. Mm. So, she shared uh-huh. it with me and I really, uh, I really connected with her, it's so meaningful because we all, one day it will be our last day and hopefully when we are 80s and above and we are going to look at what we did and we want to make sure that uh, we did everything we can to fulfill ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I also think about our kids asking us, you know, like you knew the, the climate was in crisis. What did you do? You know, like I think we've got accountability to our kids as well. Yes.
1: It's actually, we need to walk the talk. If you want our kids to be people that help others and care about others, care about the yeah. environment and people, they need to see us on a daily basis doing it. Because values, it's something you instill, you, something you, they see everything. Children are like magnets of energies. You can say whatever you want, but they don't really listen to the word they you. So it's important on this level as well.
0: Yeah. And action, like they, they, a hundred percent, there's no point saying something if you don't mean it, particularly with kids, right? Because they, they pick up everything and actions speak a lot louder than words. So Tali... What's next for Market for Good? So you've just secured some funds. What are you working on right now? How are you intending to grow the business?
1: Thank you, Fred. it a very good question, to be honest. We are, as I said, there is always the next step and now we started to work on the an AI machine learning based tool where we'll be able to connect the data from all the vendors and helping them to really uh, very quickly uh, quantify the social environmental impact, the carbon emission. So it will be easier for them to share the data for us to collect the data, to quantify it. And um, yeah, we're going to looking forward to take this tool and help uh, the financial sector as well.
0: Mm, wow, that's cool. And tell me, what advice do you have for aspiring social entrepreneurs that are looking to create a business that I suppose drives more than just profit but has a positive impact on the world?
1: I would suggest to them um, to to start one and grow up gradually and and because there is a lot of learning on the way, lots of learning. And even when you bring investors in, and we are bringing now investor for the AI tool that I shall be you. It's, you're in a different place when you understand exactly the market, you understand the name, uh, you have a product that is uh, for us, it's already working. Start small and learn, and then brings, you know, more and more people always. Uh, I really believe that it's never one person. Uh, it's always a team. So bring advisors, create a great team. And other advice that I have is I really connected people that have the same values as one. And this is always the best people that are brought and an advisory board as well. So always look, of course, for the talent, but the talent needs to come with value because the ones that have the same values with you, they will put their heart and soul in order to accomplish what the company wants to accomplish.
0: And do you have any tips for hiring people that have the right values, like what do you do in your hiring process?
1: So first I always elect somebody from my team to talk to them just, you know, for the basic qualifications. And I always come and I'm trying to learn who is in front of me, what motivates them in life. I always ask them why they want to join Market for Good. What makes them happy? What is, you know, I want to say that we have the common goals. Because there are people that will come and say, oh, I'm just uh, looking for a part-time or I saw your head or something. And there are other people that say, oh, I'm so connected with what you're doing and I would like to be a part of it. Uh, I feel blessed to be part of it and this will be the part the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you always feel, uh, I, I really feel people. So you will feel if somebody just, if you really connected and then you calm down, you'll feel if somebody just says because it sounds good or because they did it. So... So connect to people probably maybe it's another tip that I have. Maybe I think in every level in everything that you do in the lot in your life, you need to learn how to connect to feel the energy of the person in front of you. It's really important thing, skill to have.
0: Yeah. I think um I think it's an interesting skill that we're almost losing, right? Um, but it it takes time to really connect with people and deeply look into their souls and really take the time to really deeply listen to their answers but yeah i think that's beautiful tali thank you so much i i absolutely loved meeting you at the pitch festival and it's a delight to have you on the podcast i think what you're doing with market for good is is awesome and i'm i'm as you know a big supporter and a big fan girl of what you're doing so thank you for your time today thank you thank you for the opportunity to share more so I just want to share three things that I have taken away with me from this conversation with Tali today. One, I find Tali's passion and drive and I suppose clear sense of wanting to do something in her life. And and I think her story about reflecting on your deathbed is, is you can see that in a way she chooses to live her life and even hold a conversation. I liked that she talks, uh, she talked about that people need to be true to themselves. And finally, that when it comes to hiring people, you need to really, I suppose, trust your intuition, but do some deep listening to make sure that you're really connecting with people and making sure they've got the same values as you, because that's the most critical thing that she finds when it comes to hiring. I, I find Tali really inspiring. and just such an awesome person to have in our orbit. And yeah, I just love the story of Michael For Goods so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Please hit us up in the DMs or share a a snippet on social media if you found value. And finally, I just want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that I'm recording this podcast on, which is the Iraqwa people of the Bundjalung nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present, and future, and extend my respects to all traditional cultures. My name is Chris Edwards, and I hope that you feel as inspired as I am to create your own good business.